Hello. Uh, we would like to welcome all our listeners back to Early Learning Ventures Family Engagement Fridays. Today, our guest is Colleen Morig, who is one of our Early Learning Ventures Child Care Specialists from Nassau County. Colleen will be talking about simple strategies she has used in her parenting journey to make interactions with children a more positive and successful experience for all. Thank you so much, Colleen, for joining us today to share your parenting tips. Thank you, Jennifer. And I was so excited when you asked if I would participate because I feel in my journey of parenting that some things have come up that have worked really well. And I've even had people say, you share that with somebody. That might be helpful. So one of the things we talked about is when my children were school age, and so think about children that are are now engaging in chores and there's choices and there's caring for the pets and all of the things that need to take, take care or take place in your home, that there needs to be a system. And I had three children at home. And so I, it was hard for me to remember who did it last time, because if I would ask a child to do something, they'd say, oh, I did that last time. And so I decided I have to come up with a way to, to delegate these responsibilities and not so much worry about who did it last time. And more importantly, I couldn't remember who did it last time. So I felt like there's got to be a way that I can do this and organize it in a way that's going to work for all of us. So what I did is I devised a calendar. So at the beginning of the year, my children, um, their names were David, Scott, and Trent. And what I did is I would put their first initial on each day of the calendar, and I would keep doing it in that sequence, oldest to youngest, oldest to youngest, and I would do it for the whole entire year. And what I would do with that calendar is I would use that if chores were needed. Not only chores, but if there were fun things we were going to do, you know, we were, my children were in the blockbuster days. And so we would choose, go to blockbuster and choose a movie. And I would have three children saying, I want this, I want that. And what I would do before we would leave to go to blockbuster, I'd say, please check the calendar and see whose day it is today, because that is the person that gets to choose our movie, our family movie tonight. But it also applied to when I would walk into my laundry room and I noticed the litter box needed to be, our cat's litter box needed to be cleaned out. I would say to the boys, please check the calendar. We need to clean the litter box. Please check the calendar and see whose day it is today. And so that child then would go to the calendar. They'd go and they'd say, oh, it's my day. That child would do it. And it wasn't so much about making it fair. It wasn't so much about you did it last time or this time. It was more about what needed to happen and whose day it happens to be. And sometimes it worked that you never had to empty the dishwasher. And sometimes it seemed like every time we emptied the dishwasher, it was your day. So it made sense to have something that was more organized. I didn't have to try to remember each and every time these children, um, there was a chore that needed to be done, whose day it was that day. So again, you, I used it for lots of things. If we were going to go to a restaurant and of course everybody wanted something different to eat, I would just say, please check the calendar and see whose day it is today. And then once we would determine whose day that was, then that person could say, I'm hungry for whatever the case might be. So then we would go to that calendar. So you could see there were benefits to it as well as it helped with responsibilities. It wasn't just all chores. It wasn't just all work. It was for play as well. And it really worked out well because again, the children knew 
that's how we did things in our household. And we didn't have that argument. They knew that the rule was, I really don't want to hear you did it last because we're going by the calendar and there's a need today. So I wanted you to know that that worked out really well for us. And again, my children at that point were school age or some children four and five that maybe participate in chores, you know, depending on your child's development, they could participate as well that way. So it was really, really fun. So that's one tip. Um, Did you have any questions about that, Jennifer? Um, I had some great observations that I was thinking about while you were talking. So one of the things that we talk a lot about in early childhood, or maybe we don't even talk about it enough, is for our little ones, how important timers can be, because then you are not the person that is saying, oh, you, it, it, time is up. It is the timer. It is the timer who is saying the timer is up, and now you have to do And so it feels to me very similar in that vein that um, you have to check the calendar and then whatever the calendar says, it's not mom, it's not dad, it's, there's not any blame. It's just the way the rule is set up is we know that this is the calendar says, the all knowing calendar says. And I, I can definitely see where it would be great. My family, who is currently a family of three living in the home, so my husband, myself, and my son, and uh, we have talked multiple times about implementing this in our household because my son will sometimes be like, do you get to choose the movie last time? Or uh, my husband will say, mom never gets to choose. <laughs> and so being able to have that type of, system set up for your family just seems so concrete and actionable and simple. Um, I just love it. Thank you so much. That is a great, great tip. Now, I know you have another tip you wanted to share with us today. And then just, just following up to what you said, Jennifer, you're absolutely right. It was no longer mom saying that or mom dictating it or mom picking on or mom always choosing me it was the calendar that was dictating it. And so you're absolutely right for that. My second one is when my, again, when my children were old enough to help with chores, I wasn't big into paying um, an allowance each week. But what we would do is I had a list of chores that needed to be accomplished on a weekly basis. And it was just the way our household needed to run. And so I was working full time. My husband was working full time and the children were in the household. And so I would refer to this is our home and there are chores that need to occur for our household to run. And so what I did is I had a list of chores and but we would do a lottery. And so that one child wouldn't have the same chore each week because not all of them were as pleasant as others, if you will. And so what we would do is I would let the children and I, depending on whose day it is, got to pick the first. Um, we had, uh, I think we had 12 chores. So with my three children, it was four chores a piece and whosever day was on the calendar got to pick the first four numbers. And I would randomly number it. I would print these. You could use a grease board if you want to reuse the same one, whatever that looked like, whatever's easiest for you. And so I would randomly number these uh, chores. And so whosever day it was, 
was able to choose the first four. And then the next day, who's ever was on the next day of the calendar and the third, as you can see, we would go in order of their calendar. You get to choose four numbers. And then, then we would, I would show them, okay, this is what your chores are this week. And so you chose this one, this one, and this one. And then I always had two or three pay jobs, minimal pay jobs that were in addition to our household chores that we all did because we're part of the family. So the kids always enjoyed that and they didn't have to, but they might say, oh, I, um, I want to, I want to do some paid jobs because I want to go to a movie or I want to get some paid jobs because I want to do something. So I was always, always make sure that each child had an opportunity to have, you know, one or two paid jobs so that then they could, um, do something or purchase something or whatever that looked like, but they could earn that for additional work they did. And it worked out really well. And no one child ended up with the same chore because it was so random. And I think the children enjoyed that. And the boy, I have all boys. And so I think my boys enjoyed that. And it was, you know, it was always kind of a silly game. They'd say, okay, everybody ready. And mom would number it. They'd say, all right, whose day is it today? Let's pick four numbers. Oh no, I got that again. Or yippee, I got that again. It was actually kind of silly and fun. So we made it light, but it was also important for us to do for, for our family. That is also fantastic. I love the systems that you developed over time to really uh, create something that worked for your family and, and built something that, that was concrete and uh, allowed your children to know what and then my final tip yes thank you for that because what's interesting with this calendar more so with the calendar not so much with the chores is I've been able to carry that over with my grandchildren because I ran into the same thing when my grandsons oddly enough I had all grandsons at that point we would run into the same thing when they would come over to visit and so that calendar became a saving grace because by then my boys were growing, so then it was replaced with my grandsons who lived in town. Um, I replaced their initials with it. So that came in handy lots of times. Um, and sometimes with the chores, if they wanted to do a, a pay job or help with chores, then um, they had an option to do that, to earn a little bit of extra money. And the opportunity to earn is so important because then you learn the value of a dollar and um, working to get what you want versus yes yes well and, and with that as your my children got older there were things that they wanted that were maybe bigger items than really what they would get from the daily chores and so what we did is we kept um on our refrigerator um a debt calendar if you will we would call it so let's say if a child wanted to purchase something and they didn't have the money at that point to pay for it then we would basically loan them the money. And then they would either, you know, sometimes our, my kids were pretty resourceful. So they would mow lawns or rake leaves in the neighborhood or walk dogs or whatever they could do to pay off their debt. And then, and we would allow them to do that. If they were bigger purchases, we always kept a debt calendar. So the kids would know this is something you really want. I realize you don't have the money right now, but, but I believe that you have an opportunity to, to earn money to pay off your debt. So we're willing to give you the money up front so you can purchase these items. And as our children got older, that seemed to be a really nice way of, of having them own their, you know, they want to purchase it. We understand it. Like you mentioned, it's a want, not a need. And so if there's a want that you want and um, we're happy to help you with it, but know that this is part of the debt that you will pay us back. 
forward. This is not just necessarily a, a hand, a gift, a handout, whatever you want to call it. This is something you want. And, and we're going to give you the opportunity to receive that gift or receive that item and then earn the money to pay it back. That's great. The first look at what it's like to, to really manage your money and um, understand what it looks like to, to owe someone something and then pay it back. And they took pride in the fact that I paid off my debt if something came up or we had a nice neighborhood where, you know, um, neighbors would say, hey, I'm going could, you know, could could you mow my lawn? Could you rake my leaves? Could you walk my dog? Whatever the case might be. So we had really a nice relationship with our neighbors to be able to do that. And then the last um, little intervention, if you want to call it, was when my children would be arguing and fighting. And, you know, and you might hear, as we know, as parents, you're in another room and you hear children arguing and fighting and you're not exactly sure what's going on, but you know that there's some sort of conflict going on. So you walk in to where the children are and you start getting, well, he did this and he did that and he did this. And, you know, really you weren't there and it wasn't serious. It was just a, an argument that was ensuing and, and we needed to come to some resolution. And so for me, it wasn't always clear what had occurred because everybody had their own version of what had occurred. So I was getting two different stories. So when my children, um, what we would do is in the living room, we never had a television in the living room. It was our meeting room, our family meeting room, our time. So I would say to my boys, you know what? I don't know what occurred here. And because nobody was injured, of course, if they're injured, it's one thing, but nobody was injured and they just needed to settle this conflict. I would ask my boys to go into the living room and I would set the timer for 15 minutes. And I says, I need you two to talk about what's occurred here. I don't want you yelling. I don't want you hollering. I want you to talk about what has just occurred. And then I'm going to, in 15 minutes, I'm going to come out and you're going to tell me what occurred. And I need you both or all three of you, whatever the case might be, to take responsibility for your part of it. But you need to talk about it. And so the first time we did this, we weren't terribly successful. And, and it was still that he did, he did, he did. So I said, you know what? I'm going to give you five more minutes to talk about this. And if you guys cannot come to a, a decision about really what occurred and own your piece of it, then I'm going to assume you're both to blame and you're both going to need to go to your rooms for a, a timeout. And, and, and that's how we're going to end this conflict. But if you can, if I can come back in five minutes and you can at least discuss, you know, in a, in a reasonable voice, what has occurred, you both own your piece of it, then you both can get on with your day. And I used that strategy so many times with the kids. And at first, like I mentioned, 15 minutes and they hadn't gotten there. And I think it took us like two more, you know, like one more five minute session. And the boys finally caught on, on what this is going to look like. And so after that, when this would occur, and it happens a lot, kids argue and fight and they do what they do. After that, my children got pretty darn uh, savvy with how to do it. I would say, you know what? You need to head to the living room. You have 15 minutes um, to resolve this, and I'll be in to talk to you. And then I would, you know, be five minutes. I'd hear, Mom, we're ready to talk about it. And then I would go in there, and by golly, if everybody, well, you kicked me. Well, I kicked you because you did this. Then it was really cool to see them 
kind of walk, work through this. And there was no shame or blame. It was just own your piece of it and let's move on with our day. And my kids got really, really efficient at owning their piece of it and moving along. What a great way to teach problem-solving skills because we're not always going to have a third party to kind of handle that for us. And so what a great way to instill in them the ability to problem-solve on their own. That's such a great process. Thank you for sharing. Well, well, thank you. And I also then move that on to my grandchildren because I have three grandsons that live in Grand Junction and I would do the same thing with them. And and they got pretty darn efficient with it as well. So it was pretty cool to see that it was still a tried and true method to help with conflict resolution. I love that. And I feel like it could work um, even with probably preschool age, um, giving them that opportunity to kind of talk about it. It might need a little bit of adult intervention, but really those school ages would be the, the good point to really have that opportunity to talk through any challenges that they might have. I absolutely agree because, again, the, the little guys would need more support because that's going to happen when they're in school. It's going to happen when they're in preschool. Whatever the case might be, they're going to run into these things. So the, the earlier we can, tr you know, start teaching children how to discuss what's happening and how to use their words, the better off they're going to be. And then empowering them to really um, be able to solve their own problems and really develop the confidence to be able to do so. You're absolutely right, Jennifer. Well, thank you so much, Colleen. I know that was your last tip for today. Um, we so appreciate you joining us in this wet manner. And uh, again, thank you to everyone for joining us. And we will see you next week. Yes, you're so welcome. And enjoy, parents, because there are ways that work well for your family. And if you come up with some great tips, be sure and share it with another parent because it's an invaluable tool. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And we will talk to you all again soon. Bye-bye.